0: Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, for Tuesday, April 7th. As always, my name is Javier Reyes, your host of this year's Lockdown Padres podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or you can follow my personal account, which is at Javapeno. As you all know, good things on both of those accounts, sometimes bad, but we don't talk about the bad. And if you feel so inclined, of course, remember to hit me up on either of those accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have. Tweet at the the Padres account. It's all good. I love getting your guys' tweets and stuff like that. And I'll do my very best to answer them here on the show, as well as the Gmail. I've been lately been plugging the Gmail because I kind of forgot to when I first started out doing the podcast. That's LockdownPadres at gmail.com if you want to send a more detailed email, a more uh, more or more lengthy, I guess you could say question or comment and what have you? Because that's kind of the the more traditional medium I guess to reach out to people in. Traditional. I use that I use that word specifically. Cuz you know me, I'm not very traditional, but today is part two of my conversation with Mr. Ben Kaspic that was aired first on Lockdown Giants. Be sure to go check out that account too, Lockdown San Francisco Giants, find that for sure and follow Ben as well. And it was a great conversation. This is it's a little bit longer than yesterday's one and this one was more about my my take on the new GM turnover and just how the Padres have surrounded kind of the the workplace, the kind of the how do I put this? The the people that they've gotten to hire you know, Jace Singler and stuff like that. Just more of a an infrastructure perspective on the Padres, as well as things like why did I think that the Padres were going to be better this year at a length, and Ben just asking me a bunch of questions, and it was a good conversation. Again, that's really why I wanted to re-air it. But before we get into that, it actually came out today uh, that the MLB is considering a a return date of May, actually, because it turns out, and this is I saw this from some Jeff Bassan on Twitter. Both the MLB and MLBPA, they're focusing on a plan backed by like federal health officials. That could have players in in training camps and what have you in games soon after like the start date in May. And these would be taking place in like Arizona. They would be more focused. Players would be in hotels and stuff like that. I'm not really sure how this would work. My initial reaction is I'm just worried because the most important thing I think right now is that everybody stays safe. We don't want anything crazy happening. You do not want to exacerbate the issue that's going on right now with COVID-19. And... I get it. Some people, the the people who are not a fan of this, and might be upset by the this news, are gonna say, "Well, this is just so fueled by money, and this is fueled by desperation, right?" And I get that. I, I do. I, I think that that's a, a fair point. Do not do not get me wrong. I actually agree with it in a lot of ways. But I also understand Major League Baseball being like, like kind of desperate. I get it. I get that they're desperate and being like, "So we're just supposed to take a backseat and not play at all this year?" Because this isn't one of those sports. I don't think. Unlike football and, and and basketball, which, you know, granted, those sports need some kind of startup time and times to get things rolling, too. But baseball, it's like... It it must be weird if you're not in the swing of things for you to just take off, like, a whole month. I mean, we're in the middle of spring training, so do you have to still get the spring training games in? Do you have to finish those out? Or do you just straight start with the regular season? What will that look like? I wonder if players will really be a mess. Like, you know what I mean? It's It's one of those weird seasons that's going to have, like, an asterisk over it, regardless of what happens. And, you know, this is obviously big news. Just from a selfish perspective, of course I'd love to watch baseball games soon. But I do want to be cautious and I think that baseball is definitely being cautious here. They do not want an, an a disaster, right? They of course do not want that, but that's the latest story coming out of out of baseball and I'm curious to see how it plays out. And I I have to admit I'm skeptical and I have to admit that I'm understanding of why baseball is really trying its best to to get play back in back in session. And it's funny I was actually talking with my mom the other day where it's like the only people that Our happy baseball. Is it going on right now? might be the Astros just because they, it's kind of funny, right? Like that was the big storyline we were talking about. And now obviously the big storyline of the world is the current epidemic that's happening. Right. But it's really amazing that the Astros like in a way are kind of like, Oh, at least they're not talking about us. I'm actually curious if you guys want to send me a, an email. Do you think the Astros hate will continue whenever baseball starts up again? If it starts up again, do you think that that'll still be a main storyline or do you think people are going to kind of come together and be like, you know what, let's not, Let's kind of forget about that for now. Let's just be happy that we're playing baseball. It's just a thing. I'm really curious to, to hear what your guys' response might be. But anyway, guys, enough of my blabbering. Let's get into this lengthy part two. We're not lengthy part two, but a little bit longer than yesterday's part two with Ben Caspic of Lockdown Giants and all the questions that he asked me. So hope you enjoy, guys. Here we go.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, despite the fact that they underperformed in 2019 and despite you know the eric Hosmer contract will myers being disappointing machado being disappointing in year one that's basically the only those are like the only big commitments that they have and then so much youth coming and then already a lot of talent at the major league level with like you said tatis paddock and others so i'm wondering um the moves that they made this offseason i thought they made some interesting moves um what was your thought? You know, you mentioned Hunter Renfro. He was in that Tommy Pham deal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what was your thought on the acquisition of Pham? And then also the trade of Luis uh, Urias to mm-hmm. the Brewers in in getting Trent Grisham. Some interesting moves. And then the Drew Pomeranz signing. I know that's like a lot of questions baked into one. But basically, oh, the no. offseason that they had. What yeah. do you think about those moves they made?
0: So... There was a lot of moves made, and what's funny about it is there were so many moves made. I was kind of, I was a little bit surprised. And I think you remember um, right when I started doing the podcast, there was those little, little like mumblings about the Mookie Betts trade, right? And there was it was like, oh man, if he caps off, if AJ probably caps off everything that they've already done and acquires Mookie Betts, like he's going for it right now. I I know people have been a little bit upset that the Padres, meaning the Padres fans and whatnot, that's like, oh, are you upset that they didn't get Mookie Betts? And it's it's kind of a weird question because when it comes to trades for stars or trades in in any kind of account, but in this case, when it comes for star players, you always assume that you have to give up a lot for someone like Mookie Betts, right? But I don't want to assume that we could have given more than the Dodgers did because I don't like, negotiations are weird. Maybe they asked us for Mackenzie Gore because they knew that that was the real prize to get while they just asked for s- different players from other teams and they were like, okay, the Padres aren't going to do it, so let's settle with Boston or whatnot. Or let's settle with the Dodgers for the the Red Sox, I mean, who, who they want to get for him. So I don't want to always, like, kill GMs for that. Um, it's still unfortunate because it would have been a great add for the team. But in general, I mean – That's the thing, man. They kind of improved everywhere. I really like Trent Grisham. He's a guy who had that really blunderous mistake in the playoff last year, I believe, against the Cardinals when he was reaching for the ball. That was a disaster, and I feel like that's kind of his claim to not great fame and whatnot. But just throughout his entire minor league career, a really good on-base guy. Always been like above 360 on base, and that's what they need. We don't need um, a Hunter Renfro getting on base at like a 290 clip. So that's already kind of an improvement. And then you look at the fact that he might hit for a decent amount of power, not a lot. And he's kind of a utility outfielder. He can play a couple positions. Maybe not great, as we saw in the playoffs, but at least he can play them, right? And then you look at Tommy Pham, who's just kind of a stud. I mean, this is one of those sneaky top 10 outfielders in the league I think I think that he's been good for a long time and he's also been in some big scenarios with the Cardinals and and what have you so and with the Rays last year obviously so that's a big get and then you look at the pitching side of things Nelson Lemets coming back but also Emilia Pagan from the Rays and they gave up basically like some some modest change on the surface with Manuel Margot but it is a little weird because now I'm just rambling now. <laughs> but with Manuel Margot, he was kind of the only center fielder that the team had. Right. So that's a little concerning. But I'm still a fan of being like, you know what? We got a good bullpen. We got Kirby 8s. We signed Drew Pomeranz, which is a number thing that they did. And we got Matt Strom, who's pretty decent too. And all these guys. Now we're also going to get this guy, Emilio Pagan, from the Rays. We're just going to be like, yes, we're going for a bullpen thing. I sometimes wonder if the whole bullpen Having a dynamic bullpen matters as much as people make it out to be. I think people look at Kansas City a lot that wonder that they won the title, and I think that was a little bit of an outlier. Yes, you want to have that great bullpen, but I think it's more this is just a complete non-numbers speculation on my point I just think you don't want to have a bad bullpen when you're competing for the title that's just my take because I think that the Royals had like three of the best four relievers in all of baseball the year they won which is an extremely unlikely scenario for most teams to be in anyways uh so you do that and you have Tommy Fan you have Drew Pomeranz Tatis you're gonna get a full year of Tatis now or you know what I mean you were going to get a, a full year of Tatis Jr. this year and that's that's kind of the cool thing, and even guys like Francisco Mejia, who is, you know, he struggled in spring training, and I think spring training numbers are pretty stilly a lot of times. I I know that some of the, the people who listen to the podcast get upset that I don't talk more about some Padres deep inside type of stuff, but I honestly don't care about spring training, except for saying, oh, cool, that guy made the team, cool. But mm-hmm. other than that, Francisco Mejia could—I I don't think it would take much for him to be better offensively than Austin Hedges. Who batted maybe 120 last year? That's what it felt like, and good framer defensively. Though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Austin Hedges, you know, good defensive catcher, a wizard. Some would say at the plate. Not by some, I mean like maybe just me. But he's he can't hit, and there comes a point when I don't care how well you are good defensively, you need to hit the ball. And if that doesn't work out, then they still have some prospects to look forward to. I know that there's been some kind of build up with um, Luis Campuzano, who's kind of risen in the prospect rankings for the Padres. So maybe he could be the catcher of the future if this doesn't work out. There's just a lot of contingency plans for this team, I think, overall. And it's not like if something doesn't work out, it's a disaster. They don't need to hope, like the the Angels, they don't need to hope that Mike Trout has a, another MVP season and that Anthony Rendon is awesome or else it's over. They don't need to, you know what I mean? It's not like say god forbid some of the key players on the team get hurt right it's like all right maybe a loss season but look the future you have the farm system you have all this cool stuff it's a team that i really think not know people are talking about as being a sleeper and that's why i kind of like you know hosting the podcast and talking about it
1: yeah and i mean i was i was out there singing their praises saying i thought they would flirt with five uh flirt with 500 in 2019 and they totally fell flat and that was a little surprising mm-hmm. but um I mean, given that, they, they, the manager fell victim to that season, right? Um, mm-hmm. Andy Green was fired last year. I thought that was a little surprising. I thought it was surprising when they fired Bud Black and hired Andy Green in the first place. Mm. So I was wondering if you could talk about the turnover that we've seen with the managerial position and then, of course, the new hire in Jace Tingler being a little mm-hmm. outside the box. Um, if you could just give your thoughts about that.
0: So personally I would have liked if they hired a more established manager just because I don't really now the thing with managers is, and this is gonna sound like someone doesn't know what they're talking about, I guess, but I have no idea like always what the impact a good manager makes. I know you you know, you've got you guys had Bruce Bochi, which was awesome, right? And kind of the big names this off season, like Dusty Baker and Joe Girardi and Joe Madden. It was kind of like a big a sneaky big manager off season. Like there was a lot of new hires that were like big time people, like with aforementioned names. So I was a little bit surprised that they didn't go out and get one of those guys. You know, if you're gonna be firing guys kind of every year, it almost suggests you're looking for that right one. And instead you kinda of get not a nobody, but kind of a guy who he doesn't have that allure, right? You don't if if Joe Madden was managing this team, I think that the, it would the it would have kinda of blown up actually. And I think a lot of people would have been like Having them as a like a, a a division winner all of a sudden, and again, I don't necessarily know what the impact of a manager makes, but I think that it's 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 a wait and see thing. I mean, if this guy turns out to be incredible, I mean, there's plenty of guys who are no names that end up becoming hall of fame managers. Whether it be any any sport, by the way, I mean, look at uh, Bill Belichick. Like that guy was kind of a nobody when he got when he went to the Patriots, and then look where we are now, just miserable as sports fans. But. um In general, I think that Jace Tingler, wait and see if the team under delivers, like supremely under delivers, not like uh, they won 83 games and they had a lot of spark and maybe they had some injuries. If it's just straight up, like if they're worse than last year, which I think would be, I think it would be harder to, for them to be worse last year than to be better this year. Um, If that were to happen, then yes, it's like, oh no, like, do we need another new manager? Even if that happened, I don't want to fire another manager. I just hate that. It feels like scapegoating, to be perfectly honest with you. But I don't know. It's one of those wait-and-see things. I've heard good things about Jace Tinkler so far. In general, I feel like they've surrounded Machado, like Ryan Flaherty's part of the team to a degree. Just former Orioles guys that they're kind of trying to have be like, look, you're still our guy, Machado, and we're going to also surround with people who you've worked before, too. Alright, just taking a quick break, you guys, because I need to talk to you about Postmates. That's right, Postmates, you gotta love them, don't you? From an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12-pack of beers while you watch the game, sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast. And that's where Postmates comes in. I mentioned yesterday that I got a bag of chips, I got some some pizza delivered a few days ago, and that's from from both just regular delivery and some, some other kind of snacks and whatnot. And let me tell you, I just... It's like room service, but everywhere, Postmates. You know, it's a really great great app and service, let me tell you. And it's especially helpful during times that we're in right now, right? So if you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. Pretty relatable, I suppose. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier with grocery delivery and whatever I can think of delivery, too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, no more late night fast food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code locked on for one hundred dollars, a free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it.
1: Shifting gears, I'm actually I want to go I want to go way back in the in the timeline to okay. um, 2010. I don't know if you were following the Padres way back in 2010.
0: Uh, I, uh, I was aware of them, I guess I could say. Okay. I don't know what I was doing in 2010 to be honest. With you. <laughs> I think well, I was just playing on my PlayStation to be honest the entire time of my 2010.
1: Well, maybe this isn't a great question, but okay. I want as from a Giants perspective, it was a big year between the Giants and the Padres. They mm-hmm. they were kind of duking it out for the division crown that ultimately went to the Giants on the last day of the season. There was a big series in San Francisco. Padres needed to sweep mm-hmm. to I think tie the division and they mm-hmm. won the first two games of that series in San mm-hmm. Francisco. So they were one game away from tying after 162. But of course the Giants won that game, won the division, won the World Series, and it set off this three three titles in five years run that they went on. But to the extent that you can, I'm wondering if you can talk about maybe you can't, but like what that was like for the Padres um, in that 2010 battle and then missing out and the mm-hmm. disappointment. And have they made the postseason since? I don't think they have, right?
0: I don't believe so. No, I could be wrong about that, but no, it's basically just been Dodgers and Giants for life, practically. Yeah. Um. So where I would start is one. Just I guess I could have some fun with this. I definitely wasn't as in tune. I started being more in tune with the the Padres as being like, because I, I grew up a Yankee fan, um, being in New Jersey and whatnot, and my family is full of Yankee nuts. Right. That I was like, eh. I kind of feel like branching out a little bit. Part of me was like, I'm going to go Oakland because I love Moneyball. but And that's that's how I pick teams sometimes. And I started following them a little bit more like 2014, beginning of 2015. Kind of when this whole era of like they're just actually going to go for things now. And they made the, the crazy trades for Upton and whatnot, which I mentioned earlier. Um, but in 2010, if I'm not mistaken, that was... One of the years, the Padres were like one of the elite teams in the league, actually. And they had this epic collapse, yes, if I'm not mistaken. Right. They so, lost like
1: 11 games in a row in, yeah. in late so, August or September.
0: So it's funny because while I wasn't paying attention, I wasn't yet considering them as a team. I was very aware, actually, now that you mentioned that. You confirmed for me this year. It was nuts. I remember being in a hotel room. And I would think I was with my mom, and we were just like, what the heck? Like, you feel bad. Like, this is not, it's not like this is a team that's won a lot before. This isn't the Yankees. If this happened to the Yankees, everyone would be like, great. If this happened to Boston, if this happened to, I don't know, Houston now, right? This would be great. This would be awesome. But the Padres, you just feel bad because it was this kind of fun, quirky team that all of a sudden just had this epic collapse. They had like a... I'm going to say a seven game lead like heading into September. And then like you said, the like 11 game losing streak, it was a big story in sports. I remember it was. So that really speaks volumes to The fact that I knew about the collapse, despite not being in tune with the Padres, that's really when you know that it was an epic collapse. And I don't know. It's, it's sad because from what I understand is this is kind of something Padres fans are sort of used to. I mean, they had those, those kind of mid two thousands runs when they still had Trevor Hoffman and guys like that. Um, but even those teams were were good but they were flawed and they made the playoffs some year somehow one year with just like 82 wins which i was checking out the other day and then the year after that they were pretty good but they got they get beat by the cardinals they get swept by them one year so it's always been this team that you don't want to get too excited about right and that's what's funny is I guess that maybe that's when people listen to the podcast. They hear my optimism. They're like, "Oh, you're new. <laughs> you you haven't been through the the rigmarole. You know, you haven't been through the the struggle." And to that, I say, I sort of have because I'm a Chargers fan. So <laughs> I'm used to teams that always have a promise, or the Chargers, I've, I think, have been a more promising team for like a decade. I think they've always had talent with Philip Rivers at quarterback. But I'm used to the idea of never get excited about your team. That's kind of where the Padres. I think are where it's you never want to get too excited no matter who's on the team, um, but I can't help it. And so what? Maybe I'm ignorant, but I'm excited for where they where they're heading right now, and I hope that they can kind of break that curse. And you know what? Why not? The Mets were in the World Series a few years ago. The Royals won the World Series. The Astros won the World Series. Like it's kind of a time for change, and it's not just Yankees and Red Sox anymore or what have you. You can, it's we're kind of seeing. I feel like that there's there's ways to make the title, you know, there's ways to, to go for it. And I think that there's in general, it's not just based off of let's go to big market anymore. When it comes to free agents, I think that people can brand themselves. I know you see this in the NBA a lot, but, and now I'm just, just going on a whole whole tangent, but (laughs) yeah, I I really, I have hope for the season. And even if things don't go perfectly well, this isn't a team that I think is, has a downside. That's in the, in this, in the basement where you're like, Oh my God, like that's it. We're done. And I, I quit. You know, this isn't one of those teams that's like that.
1: Yeah, and the Giants honestly felt like that type of team before they won it in 2010. They were just kind of an underdog. People always wrote them off. And even when they made the postseason, everybody picked against them to to lose all those different series that they've been in. They've, they've basically been picked against every time they've been in a postseason series. And, of yeah. course, they won all those series yeah. in 10, 12, and 14. So last question for you, just... Is there anything you're wondering about the Giants and or what are your thoughts on the Giants? I know you mentioned it a little bit in the open, but kind of just Giants related, Giants Padres, any thoughts or questions or just general feelings about them?
0: Yeah, of course. And, you know, I'm one of those people. I hate this idea that you had to hate everyone in your division. I think that's stupid. I think it's a contrived belief. Yes. If you like the the Cubs, you probably don't like the White Sox or you don't like the Cardinals, right? Like that's a, a little bit, but there's like more history to it. I really like the Giants. Like, I really do. They were one of my teams that I was kind of considering as being my second to the Yankees. And one of the reasons for that was they kind of had this, like, they reminded me of, like, the Spurs of baseball. And I think we talked about this on my podcast, like, uh, like a month ago or what have you. They just had this way of building. They had this thing where you never could count them out because why? And people would always answer that question. They would just be like, because they're the Giants. You know, the Cardinals have a little bit of that, too, where mm-hmm. you could know nothing about the team. You're just like, they're the Giants. They're going to find a way to to kind of come back. And even last year, they played over their head to a degree. Weren't a playoff team by any measure, but I think a lot of people were expecting to win like like 54 games or something crazy like that, right? And instead, they were better than the Padres somehow. So, But um, I love Hunter Pence. Hunter Pence is like one of my favorite players in the entire league league and I know that he's back with the team for almost seemingly a kind of like a little bit of a farewell kind of deal, um, because it was that's really where he made his fame and whatnot, him and his dorky looking swing, and I'm a big fan of his. And you know, the other thing is Bruce Bochi, the manager, used to be the manager of the Padres. So there's this thing where I kind of have a kingship, a liking to them. And I know that I wasn't back in the ninety six to 07 range. I forgot when the Giants hired um Bruce Bochi, but um, I know I was completely like not paying attention to kind of sports in general back then, but it's still kind of cool. And that's why I have just a giant respect for the giants. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just think that this is one of those years where the giants, they're taking the back seat, but I'm sure they will be back and I'm sure they'll, fa- there's going to be some random player probably that pops up for them. and does well. I don't, I don't even know who's on the team anymore at this point, but um yeah, I, I don't know what to say, man. It's it's going to be interesting, and it's interesting to see that this is kind of one of those divisions this year that it's arguably has the biggest favorite in it next to maybe the AL East with the Yankees. Um, I'd say that the Dodgers are probably projected to be the best team in baseball, but I still think there's a lot more depth in this division than people realize, and there's a lot more intrigue, even with teams that aren't great. The Giants, they're the Giants, like I said before. Yusupetsky was he is his is his power numbers that he showed last year. Will he be able to keep that up and be kind of a a sudden superstar or what have you? Right? Are the Rockies going to trade Arenado? That's not a positive thing for the Rockies, but it's still something to follow. And then the Diamondbacks—they signed Madison Bumgarner. They have all these offensive titans on their team. What are they going to do? Are the Padres going to bounce back and what have you? So I just think in general the division is one to watch for this year.
1: That's right. And a lot of good minor league talent in the division as well. Not mm-hmm. just the Padres, but the Diamondbacks, the Giants, the Dodgers all have good minor league systems mm-hmm. as well at this point. Anyway, Javier from Lockdown Padres, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Absolutely, man. I had a blast. And that's it, everybody. Zip, zap, doop. We are done. That is part two of two. Ba-boom, la zoom of my chat with Mr. Ben Kaspic of Lockdown San Francisco Giants. Really cool conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Ben is really just a nice guy and a Just a a nice, nice, nice guy. I appreciate talking to him, and I'm hoping to talk with him more as the coming months and this, hopefully, season gets started. That would be great. And It's funny, because even with a team like the Giants that are a divisional rival, I still like them, and I still have always kind of had a respect for them and also it's funny because even though they're probably not expected to be very good this year they probably have an average of around like 65 wins in total projections right they're not going to be very good it's still interesting to talk baseball in terms of plans for the rest of the week though guys tomorrow you can expect part one of my conversation with miss jenna garcia of lockdown rockies that was a blast and i was so thrilled to finally have her on the podcast talking rocky stuff talking a little bit of life stuff and talking just plain old baseball stuff and sports stuff whatever it's really fun you can Expect part one of that. Really, really cool. And I don't think we're going to have a podcast on Thursday. I think more often than not, I think guys for you to expect three episodes a week is what I would suggest. There are going to be weeks when maybe I just have a ton of ideas and I want to get them all out and just have a full slate of podcasts for you guys. But I would expect three at minimum each week more often than not and whatnot. You know what I mean? But uh, this week you're actually going to get four and then Friday is going to be uh, part two of my conversation with Jenna Garcia. So that's really cool. I want to make sure that you keep the special guest Friday trend going, I guess. Um, unless I change my mind for some reason, decide to make you guys wait just a little bit longer. No, I'm just kidding. I won't do that. But uh, still got a lot of cool ideas coming into play. Got a Moneyball podcast I'm working on, got a podcast with. Some some media people talking about the best Padres teams and whatnot. I've been doing research myself, kind of trying to get educated on Padres of old but when it comes to players and teams and GMs and what have you and moments and all that stuff. So working on doing podcasts for that and also got some shows planned out that are a little bit of everything and a little bit of nothing, I guess you could say. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. I'm really dragging this outro a little bit too long, but it's okay because we are now going to land that plane. That is it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, guys, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, wherever. Follow the show or myself on Twitter at LO underscore Padres, or at Javapeno, both, both brilliant accounts, of course, in every way. And do me guys a favor, after you finish listening to this podcast, tell your smart device to listen to Lockdown Fantasy Baseball with the homie Scott Cullen, because you know I've talked about this many times, I love me some fantasy baseball. And Scott's got you covered there. And until next time, guys, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful, my Friday, faithful homies. Take care.